So on the podcast today, I have Robert Cardenas. He's a great angler, a friend of mine. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things. National Professional Angler Association. Of course, we're going to talk walleye fishing. But um, I, I guess to get things started, Robert, uh, how are things going over in Minnesota? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know I'm I'm also a nurse um, in the healthcare field and an RN. Um, I do you know a lot of conscious sedation uh, for minor procedures, but you know I, I work very casual as a lot of people know and have concentrated mostly on fishing now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know our hospitals are doing good here in the Twin Cities. You know our ERs are very busy because I think everybody kind of thinks you know this whole COVID nineteen has got everybody a little hyped up and scared. Um, yeah, and you know you, mentally, I think people just think they have it. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you don't or you do, people just want to know, you know. Sure. So fear of the unknown. Um, But other than that, like, you know, our ICUs, we're all on, you know, low census. Um, So we're doing really good here. Good to hear. Um, Yeah, and and that's a good thing. Um, For me, I I don't know, you know, I, I don't do very good being tied up in one spot. (laughs) I'm a... I'm a guy that likes to run and go everywhere. So yeah. this is, this is hard for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, being locked down to the house and my, you know, my wife's in the medical field also. And, mm-hmm. uh, she's kind of got me tied down to this house. <laughs> yeah. So stay <laughs> so, at home dad. Life, if it wasn't right? for her, I'd probably be all over the place, but you know, <laughs> she, you know, she holds me grounded. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, me doing, uh, homework with my daughter you know that takes about four hours a day to get that done mm. <laughs> so, so did they end the school year over there in minnesota they have not ended it yet they did so, here in michigan we, to, everything got pushed to may 4th here okay um so it sounds like the our governor will have to make a decision at that point mm-hmm. which mm. i highly doubt they'll go back to school but my daughter doesn't seem to think that she wants to go back you know <laughs> For the last month, I guess. No, if you like staying home with dad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I don't know. This homework thing, I don't know. I, I need a I need a break. I, <laughs> I literally feel like when her homework's done, I feel like I'm back in school and I just finished my homework. I can do whatever the, you know, heck I want. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, all right, we're done. Yep, freedom. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, it's been good. We've, you know, a lot of bonding, you know, a lot of family time, lots yeah. of walks. Yeah, same here. Um, so, you know, that's the difference. Cabin Lake, you know, activities, just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Can't read the internet anymore. Can't watch TV. I, I've done all that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. You need but, to start making videos. Yeah. Well, I think most people are ready for more stuff that you guys are going to kick out. Um, hey, speaking of videos, um, the new fish addiction stuff, that's been out on social media. And then the one, um, I think there was one episode on Fox Sports North, right? Yep. Yep. Correct. Yep, yeah. First one came out on Winnebago there. And our second one actually came out also um, last Sunday. And yep. then we should have one coming out this Sunday. Uh, and that'll be on the Fish Addictions um, YouTube page. Um, so that'll, that'll come out on there. And then it, it's also on like waypoint TV. It's on a ton of different social media streams, nice. um, kind of all over the place, but you can find it on the fish addictions TV, uh, YouTube page. 
Yeah, yeah I, I checked yeah. it out. It, it's awesome. For folks that haven't checked out, um, I know that we don't get Fox Sports North here in Michigan, but uh, you can definitely get it on the social media pages. And if you kind of want to see what it looks like to live the tournament fishing lifestyle for walleye fishing and get the perspective, the highs and lows of the experience from multiple anglers, um, that's what the whole special with Fish Addictions is. Um, and you're following um, Drake Hurd, Robert Cardenas, and Mike Olson, and a couple of other anglers, too, through the through the uh, 2019 season. It's pretty cool. So you haven't checked it out and you listen to this podcast, you probably want to. Um, yeah, we yeah we had a John Hoyer, Max Wilson. You know, we kind of included them in some stuff, too, and which was great. You know, Hoyer had an unbelievable year, so yeah. it was kind of cool. Um, but yeah, just to get the feedback of what we, you know, what we kind of go through throughout the season, you know, behind the scenes and mm-hmm. in the tournaments and the, the highs and the lows and, you know, just what it takes. I mean, I think everybody can fish a tournament and that's kind of what we want to show people that, you know, if this is something you really want to do, you can do it, you know, mm-hmm. you, you really want to, you know, I mean, if you just put your head down and. And honestly, I, I mean, that's, that's the way it was for me. I just, I want, I knew I wanted to do this yeah. and I was going to do it, um, no matter what. And, you know, I did it. And I think that's, that can go for anybody. I mean, if you really want to do something, you can do whatever the hell you want. Ain't that the truth. We live in America and, and if you work hard yep. and you want something and you were willing to put in the work, it can happen. Um, oh yeah, for sure. And no matter what. Yeah, and, and there's always highs and lows in that. But if if you keep your eyes on the prize, it it can happen. So that's cool. That's really cool, man. Um, so yeah, I'm encouraging people that listen to this show to definitely check it out. Um, I'm sure you guys are going to be recording a lot of stuff in the 2020 season. I, speaking of the season, it seems like there's a lot of uh, what ifs with a real world situation going on right now. I know that uh, the South Dakota event for the National Wally Tour was punted till what uh, May 29th, correct? May 27th and 28th, I believe, because that's my birthday. That's okay. 28th. Hey. And it's my normal trip to Canada. So. Wabagoon? Memorial Day. Yeah, yeah, Lake Wabagoon up in uh, Bonnie Bay. Yep. Um, right. Yeah, it's my normal trip up there. And, um, but yeah, so we, you know, we were supposed to be in Lake Erie at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that got canceled because Ohio canceled all tournaments till June 1st. Oh. So we couldn't do that out there. Uh, so they moved our tournament to back to Chamberlain for those same dates. Okay. Um, and so it's still scheduled at this time for May 27th, 28th. Yep. You know, I, do I know if it's going to happen? I don't, I don't know. There's so much unknown right now. That's the truth. For the fishing world and, you know, all the rules and regulations that are going on in each state, each state's so different. So it's, yeah, it's, it's tough. And then, you know, for people traveling out of state to another state, I, I just, I don't know how everything's going to work. <laughs> yeah. Talk about a tough call to make for um, Anthony and the rest of the staff on the National Walleye Tour with, you know, considering, I mean, it's a national event. You're bringing people over from areas that have the COVID stuff more commonly or other areas yep. where it's less, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just tough. So I guess we'll all kind of all, country. Yeah, we'll all kind of watch and see what happens here. But um, yeah. Yeah. So, so well, we still plan on doing tons of filming. So right on. In Michigan, all our tournaments are canceled through May 14th as of uh, today, which is the 8th of April. And uh, 
I don't know. I'm hoping it changes. There'll still be opportunities to do like virtual fishing, like that fish donkey and, and some other things. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm ready for things to kind of get back to normal, whatever that looks like. Uh, so is that eerie event to your knowledge, and we're not going to quote you on it, um, certainly canceled, done? Well, as far as I know, just because of the dates that yeah. we were supposed to be in Erie mm-hmm. are now the Chamberlain dates. So, I mean, I don't know if we'll have a, I don't know if they're trying to reschedule a tournament out in Erie or, you know, I don't know what the plan is for that. Gotcha. But That's I mean, I do know that we won't be in Erie May 27th and 28th because we're mm-hmm. supposed to be in Chamberlain May 27th and 28th Yep. for NWT. So, I mean, that's what I know. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I would assume, you know, if we already missed one tournament, we're going to have to make up a tournament. So I would assume they would try to do that, you know, sometime with, within the year there. And I don't know where they would go, or maybe they're trying to reschedule that in Lake Erie for us. Yeah, well, I guess. Which I, I love Lake Erie. I mean, I haven't been there in quite a few years now, actually, which I miss because, you know, there's just giant fish out there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like our, you know, Lake of the Woods. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I guess we'll see. So, um, yeah, kind of now that we're kind of talking about fishing, I kind of wanted to chat about a technique that you guys do out west um, a little bit more often. And a lot of anglers in Michigan have no idea what Lindy rigging is. Maybe maybe some people and that's bread and butter for you guys. But a lot of people don't do it. We're spoiled. We have a three rod limit. Most of us are uh, Great Lakes guys and we troll uh, huge basins. So there's not a whole lot of need at points. So I kind of want to get your take on um, Lindy rigging because that's that's classic live bait stuff. Um, can you give us a little bit of background on maybe how the technique was founded and and when to best apply it? Yeah, I believe I'm not. Don't quote me on this, but I think Ron Linder was one of the inventors of the Lindy rig. I, I think there was a a few guys. Um, they were all guides back in the day, mm-hmm. and um, they came up with this Lindy rig because <clears throat> they were, you know, the ones using it. And I believe the original Lindy rig was, it had, the lead was pink and I believe the hook was pink. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have any of the original Lindy's. Yeah. You know, nowadays everybody just calls it a Lindy rig, you know, just because it's the same components of what they used back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually had pink line and a pink hook. Oh, masculine. Quite interesting. Yeah. You know, but they figure, you know, they're, they're, uh, I think Ron, Ron will tell the story. I've listened to it before. Um, but, you know, they're all their trials and stuff were done by mostly guides, mm-hmm. you know, basically trying to get, you know, what's working the best. But they sold a lot of those Lindy rigs. I mean, it made Lindy, you know, the company it was back in the day. Yeah. And then they, you know, grew and sold and whatever. But basically, I mean, and, and we use one rod here. So mm-hmm. I want me growing up when I first started to walleye fish, that's what my grandpa had me doing. We'd back troll and we'd, you know, use, we'd do Lindy rigs. Mm-hmm. And it's just a basically a slider weight with, you know, it depends on, you know, like if you're in really clear lakes or times of the year, sometimes the leads get longer. You know, everybody views that different. You can make a, a three foot snell, a, a six foot snell. I've seen guys make 10 foot snells, you know, it can get crazy. Yeah. Um, 
and you, know, you just have a little tiny, you have a small hook on the end of that with a crawler, mm-hmm. um, and then a, 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 a barrel swivel, and then I usually put a little bead on the other side of the barrel swivel, and then have a, a slider weight, mm-hmm. and that weight is kind of a flat weight. It's got a little bit of an angle, and that's the Lindy rig weight that what you know we call yeah guys will guys will use other you know barrel weights and you know that kind of stuff too but that you know it's to so it doesn't get snagged basically gotcha a lot easier and then you just basically back troll with it real slow or you know you can you know you're in a council boat you're obviously going to go forward with your bow mount you know Mm -hmm. whatever um and you know in your state i mean yeah you can use three rods but you guys could do it with two Two yep. or or you can do a three two out the back of your boat and just go real slow and drag them kind of like bottom bouncing mm-hmm. a little bit but they call it you know it's a live bait rig essentially um, and it's highly effective you know one of the things that we do or a lot of guys do when you're doing a Lindy rig is because you know you're you're hooking up a crawler on the end of it mm-hmm. um, and that weight is right on the bottom and then you have a snell. Uh, a lot of guys will use worm blowers, mm-hmm. um, and if you you know inflate uh, your crawler, uh, you can inflate the whole crawler. You can inflate part of the crawler; it'll make it float. Yeah. So um, it actually raises that crawler up with the hook off the bottom a little bit as you're you know pulling it real slow. Mm-hmm. So and that that's kind of important too. I mean, you don't always want that. Sometimes you want it to be going right down the bottom. Gotcha. But, but the worm blower, yeah, it's kind of a little trick to the trade there. Um, that helps that technique a lot. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I grew up using it. I still use it to this day. Mm-hmm. A lot of time, you know, live bait rigging. I mean, you can basically, it's essentially, it's the same thing. You know, using it with like creek chubs. Yeah. But a lot of times, I'll end up using like. Uh, uh, like barrel weights, like, you know, the bigger round weights mm-hmm. just to keep that down there. Cause those Creek chubs, you know, we can use some pretty big Creek chubs and you don't want your Creek chub swimming around with your weight. Yeah. Trying to control that Creek chub a little bit. So mm-hmm. it's not too far away. Yeah. So tell me about where you typically do that. And, and if I'm not mistaken, you know, I, I've, I've Lindy rig, but you've probably done it way more than I have. Um, a big thing is being able to feel what's going on uh, with your bait and when the fish takes it. So I think a lot of people usually hold that line with their index finger. Um, but you'd have more insight on that and, and the whole thing with feeding the bait back to a fish when it hits. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, it really depends. And you do, you hold the line with your finger. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Hold the line with your finger and you feel that little tap, like little tap, tap, and you just want to let the line go Yeah, because it'll slide through that sinker um, because it's a slider sinker. And then, you know, it really depends on how the fish are biting. If they're aggressive, you know, you can take them right away. But if they're not aggressive, you know, you just, you want to, you know, literally make it so that line is free so they don't really feel it. And then once they start swimming with it, then I, then I get them. If you're using creek chubs, my, what I, what I was always told is to say the alphabet twice is what I do. (laughs) (laughs) Because otherwise, I mean, it's so hard when. And with a creek chub, when they go, you'll feel your your big minnow down there just go crazy. Yeah. And you know he's about to get eaten. Uh-huh. So you literally just, you know, you can let the line go. You just, you'll feel a little 
don't you know and you, you know it's gone mm-hmm. um but then you know once you're you're just feeding it line letting it letting the line out and with that kind of fishing you want to get your boat positioned right over the top of that fish before you set the hook and mm-hmm. that's that's what i try to do so that's something different you know but you want to feed that and saying the alphabet twice is kind of my my deal i don't know what other people do i know they have all their own little sayings that they do but mm-hmm. um that's the hardest part is doing that because you know typically it's a pretty good sized walleye on the other end yeah yeah <laughs> I, I i don't know i i guess that would definitely help uh, kind of keep my head if i got a better fish going on here um uh, and, and for like the whole countdown thing, you're talking like huge Creek chubs and stuff. You wouldn't necessarily do that with crawlers or leeches. No, no. And you, you pretty much get to know, you know, you'll learn, you'll learn, um, you know, with the crawlers or the leeches that, you know, if they're just, if they're hitting it aggressively, you don't, you, you know, something you want to take it right away. You don't really want them to, you know, you don't want to give them too much. Yeah. But if they're just you know, it's not a real strong bite, you know, you definitely want to feed them mm-hmm. and just wait, you know, I, you're not going to say the alphabet even once, you know, you're <laughs> probably talking 10 seconds. Yeah. Wrapping it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm assuming that learning the whole feel of the way the fish takes the live bait on your live bait rig is learned through practice and, and doing it often, like most things in fishing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually use a braided line, now with that and then a, a fluorocarbon leader uh-huh. and and i don't know i just you know you just feel like you can feel more feel with that braided line you just feel that little little t- you know it's just like uh i don't know if you're jig fishing you just feel that little dunk. yep you Take. know it something hit it and you just you know get the line out let the line go mm-hmm. um yeah yeah it, it's a fun technique it's it's you know it's battle yeah, so some of the the folks out west may probably giggle about that that we're even talking about this, but I'm telling you, dude, like hardly anyone in Michigan does it unless you're further up north and fishing inland lakes. But uh, the point is, it, it's uh, you know, it's a staple, and I can think of no better way to most subtly present live bait right in the front of a face of a fish. And um, I mean, um, I typically do it on on weed edges, on transitions to like mud or sand, and kind of talk a little bit about how you guys apply it over in Minnesota for your lakes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I I learned a lot. Um, you know, I fished with Dave Anderson um, back in the day, and mm-hmm. I learned a lot from him doing this. And a lot of times, like you know, on these steep banks and stuff, you can you can go up and down. You know, you you can follow them, but if you're if you're not finding the fish there. You know, it's almost like doing S turns on a on a reef or you know on a on a on a slope. You go up it, yeah. And you go down it, and you go up it, and you go down it, and it's very easy to do with that setup mm-hmm. because and you're like you know, line just, out, you're right? Feeling for the bottom with your your weight. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just it's kind of the areas you know we do it. Hmm. Yeah. So just another tool for for the guys out here in Michigan or maybe Ohio that. Don't do it. I mean, it's another way. I, th- I think it'd give you more precision control um, if you're fishing a particular patch of weeds or a uh, specific contour. Um, maybe oh, it doesn't. Oh, we get for sure, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm trying to think here. Uh, what, what's most commonly used out in Minnesota for doing the live bait rain? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just curious about. Honestly, bait. it's the linear. I mean, I, I would say majority of the 
people around here, you, if you see them back trolling or, you know, council boats, just, you know, with one line, they have it hanging over the edge of the boat. They're usually, they're, they're Lindy rigging. Gotcha. Um, a lot of guys, you know, if they've adapted kind of to the newer, like the bottom bouncer, you know, mm-hmm. you can pull spinners and, and slow death doing that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, people are doing that now also, but I would say the biggest live bait rigging is the Lindy rig, mm-hmm. um, you know, by far in yeah. Minnesota. It's still a staple here. Yeah. Um, hey, I know you're an offshore tackle guy and, um, I think that, um, you know, especially some of the, the guys that fish the tournaments know the value in running some of those offshore boards, getting the baits way out away from the boat when those fish are more yeah. sensitive to, um, you know, boat pressure and, and all that other good stuff. But, you know, uh, for folks that haven't used any planer boards and stuff, maybe out in your home state, what would you tell them about the benefits of using, say, like an OR12 side planer? Yeah, and I just did a seminar with that at, in our walleye group in okay. Twin Cities here. And, you know, it's huge, especially this time of the year or, you know, early in the, early in the year when these fish are in the weeds, um, it's in, and a lot of the, the fish have started to in Minnesota anyways, um, we have a lot of weed walleyes here mm-hmm. and, or if there's any pressure, you know, on these lakes, these fish will hide in the weeds and using these mini boards or, you know, the OR12, um, the mini boards, you know, just getting them away from your boat and being able to run spinners or, you know, lipless crankbaits over the top of these weeds shallow yeah, um, is absolutely huge. And, you know, it's kind of a new thing for Minnesota because, you know, we have one line, so a lot of people just don't do it. Yeah. But it it's changing, you know. Uh, I mean, techniques are changing and and it's something new and people are learning it and they're doing it. And they're having success doing it. And so, you know, using these offshore boards to do that is crazy good. But just getting the getting the boards away from the the boat is huge because I went to Garmin last year and this is the first time I really noticed it. And with the Garmin, you can actually see the fish on the screen. So as I'm going over it with the with the live scope, Mm -hmm. as I'm going over these fish uh, and I noticed it on Green Bay when I was trolling. Like my boat would go over the fish and you'd see them shooting down. I mean, you could see the little vapor trails going off to the right or the left or straight down. And you know, so these, these fish are, you know, they're moving out from where your boat is. You want to get those, you know, you want to get your baits away from the boat Mm -hmm. to get those other fish. Heck yeah. I mean, yeah, the, we use, um, planer boards like almost exclusively for a lot of the great lakes fishing and, uh, uh getting those baits way out to the side. Like I said, during uh, pressured times or, uh, just, just, a I mean, uh, for me, it's, it's stealth mode, especially those mini boards you <laughs> talked about, those OR38 awesome crappy yep. boards, yep. but those things are awesome. They barely, uh, put out any sort of wake, if you will. And uh, totally agree for doing the super shallow stuff. And, and uh, I mean, I've even pulled three ounce bottom bouncers with those things. But uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're uh, pretty versatile. And then the cool thing is that you can one board fishes both sides of the boat, so that's a win for people that want to try that out. So I think it's like twenty bucks a board or something. Yeah, yep, yep. ridiculous. Yeah, and it's fun with kids too because it gives them something to watch. Yeah. I mean, you just literally, especially when you're fishing that shallow stuff, you just cast your line out, hook the board up. 
and go. Mm-hmm. And it gives something for the kids to watch in the, you know, in the back of the boat. And you're, you know, they can see once that, you know, that, that line gets hit, that board's jumping around and they like, you know, yelling, we got one, we got one. Yeah. So my, my daughter absolutely loves it. So yeah. that, it's one thing that we do when, when we go out because otherwise just trolling with the rod and the rod holder, it's just not as fun for her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So hey, if you haven't checked those boards out and you're listening to the podcast, pretty cool tool to have. I think a lot of people use OR12 offshore boards, but those mini boards are pretty sweet too. Hey, let's talk a little bit about the National Professional Anglers Association. Um, I'm part of the organization. I know you are, and you were recently uh, voted on as a board of director. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit about the organization. Um, what can you tell us about the organization and some of its goals? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty exciting to be nominated as a board member um, this year. Uh, it was one of those things where I I – got out of my comfort zone really, you know, and that's kind of what I like to do. Um, push myself to do things I probably wouldn't normally do, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's uncomfortable at the beginning, but then you get to know it and it, it becomes comfortable. And then, you know, I need, it's kind of how I got into doing the, the professional fishing. Yeah. The pro-ams was the same thing. You know, you're putting yourself in a very uncomfortable situation and it gets to be a norm after a while because you get comfortable and you, learn all the people. And that's kind of what I did with the board because I've never been on a board before and I'm still, you know, I'm obviously learning and, you know, I'm sitting on conference calls and, uh, and I'm, I'm learning a ton by doing it. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, that's what I wanted out of it. Yeah. But you know, the NPAA is, you know, it's a great organization. It's a nonprofit organization. There's tons of, uh, benefits, to the NPA, I mean, they, you know, they offer, uh, tons of discounts with, you know, different companies for, you know, all their members. Um, they have an annual, uh, conference, um, which I think if you're a member, I think it's 50 bucks or 50 bucks off. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, it's probably one of the best things you can possibly go to every year. Um, there's so many good speakers there. Um, you can network with so many people. I mean, everything's available right there and, and you can be, you don't have to be a professional angler to go there. I mean, you can be just starting fishing and you can go there. I mean, you're going to learn a ton. Yeah. Um, they do press releases. If you're, if you're a member, they do press releases. Uh, they send that out. I think it goes out to a couple thousand people. Um, they have social media sites that they post, you know, for all their members. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you get an email a couple times a month. I think we're actually doing them, a, uh, like once a week right now. Yeah. I think they're trying to up that. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I brought up the members only programs. Um, yeah. And then there's also, you know, once you're a member, you're everybody that is a member, you have all their contact information. So you can literally like, you know, if you have a question, you can call anybody up and, you know, we're all professionals. I mean, everybody's trying to help everybody in this, this, uh, industry. So it's just a huge, it's a huge asset to be a member of this. Mm -hmm. Um, and everybody's got, you know, it's pretty much got the same kind of passion. I mean, they just love the sport and they have, you know, they sponsor kid events and, you know, they just do all kinds of stuff for people. Yeah. 
So if I'm not mistaken, there's there's youth members, right? There's student anglers, and then um, I think there's a membership class that's professionals, and, and that's just like guides or just people that are plain interested in fishing if you're an adult. Um, correct? There's, or am yep. I missing anything? Yep, yep. And, okay. and then they also help try to help the guides too. I mean, there's a guide section with the anglers, and if you're looking for a guide somewhere, there's a you know spot on their website that you can look for guides um, or questions, or if you're looking to be a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's tons of information on that. There's tons of videos, like informational videos on absolutely everything in the industry. I mean, you can look up <laughs> literally whatever you want. Nice. Um, and they have videos for people to watch that are just available, um, on there. Nice. So um, I think, I think some people, and when I first heard about the NPAA is I heard that whole professional thing right in there. I thought that I had to be like a professional fisherman or, or professional guide to join the organization. And, and I found that's not the case. It, so it, definitely se- it seems like yep. to me that the NPAA is for anyone that's passionate in the sport that wants to get more, um, out of uh, what they do and grow in the area of professionalism. I, th- I think the way people carry themselves, and uh and and act in in uh, just same thing like if you're working in the business world professionalism is everything the whole purpose of the organization if i'm not mistaken is to encourage and help people grow in that area exactly exactly i mean it is for everybody we're it's not and it's not just walleye or it's not just bass it's yeah. you know any kind of fishing um you know we have uh mike iconelli joining our board this year also mm-hmm. so you know, one. we'll probably see more of the bass world, you know, coming on board also, That'd be great. which is very cool. I mean, we have a lot of bass guys already, but, you know, adding him is a huge asset. And then that'll bring, you know, that's just going to bring more for us to bring to the people, really. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, for the simple membership fee every year, you just, you get so much out of it, honestly. Yeah. So one of my questions for you, Robert, is which type of angler is the NPAA a best fit for? Best fit? You know, I honestly would have to say it's any because, I mean, you have, I mean, you could be a beginner and come to like uh, our conference, our Mm -hmm. annual conference and get tons of information out of it. But I mean, if you want to grow with the sport, learn more about the sport, it, it really is, uh, you know, something you should be a part of. I, you know, it helps, honestly, it helps me. I, I network with it, mm-hmm. but you know, people use it for, for different reasons. Um, you know, you, you literally can do any part of your, your, you know, your fishing game in it. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're all the way from a beginner to a professional fisherman, mm-hmm. you know, that's doing the, the pro-am tournaments or any kind of tournament. Yeah. Very nice. I, yeah, I, I think it's for everybody and anybody, and it is. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about the NPAA or consider joining? Um, well, you can message me or you can go to, I believe it's NPAA.net on the internet. That's probably the best. Yeah. Um, and you'll get their website and you can literally look up, you know, member benefits, all the members that are on there. And when you're a member, you can get all their information. Um, they have news video section. They have, we're, we're partners with uh, a ton of different people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it talks about our annual conference. 
And uh, there's like a guide directory also that, you know, you, you know, for guides, for fishing guides. Um, and then you can always call, you know, any of us too. I mean, you can call me and I can, I can assist you in any way possible too. Anytime. That's awesome. Yeah. So folks, if you're listening uh, and you're considering on, you know, learning more about what it takes to grow in the industry and, and meet more people, not just, you know, um, local anglers, but people across the country that are doing the fishing thing, uh, whether they just love to do it or they're fishing tournaments or guiding great organization to, uh, definitely consider joining up and there's tons of good people that love to tell you more about it, but, uh, NPA.net, that's a great place to kind of get your feet wet, learn a little bit more and then see if it's worth your time signing up. I would argue that it's more than worth your time for annual membership. I'm, I'm part of that organization, uh, truth and lending. So yeah. Yeah. And we, and we love, you know, people sending us, you know, we'd love for people to send us videos in what they're doing, you know, and we share that on our social medias too. So, uh, you know, we try to make it so everybody feels like they're part of a, you know, a brand really Yeah. on um, the NPA brand. And, and, um, and we are, we're a big group and we're, and we're growing. So it's, it's, it's fun to be part of. I, I'm, I'm happy to be a board member. I love it. Awesome. I'm sure they're glad to have you. So, um, hey, let's talk a little bit about the upcoming tournament season. We we chatted a little bit about some of the um, kind of up-in-the-air things with the, the schedule, but what are you most looking forward to for the tournament season? I look forward to getting back together with all the guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a huge, that's a huge part of it, you know? It's just like I get to see all my friends again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's that group of people and, you know, we all love to do what we do and, and we're all super competitive. I don't know if there's one guy that's not, if you're not competitive, you probably shouldn't be doing it. (laughs) If you're not having fun, you shouldn't be doing it at all. So, I Mm -hmm. mean, but to me, it's, you know, it's getting to see all the guys and then the competitive part of trying to win, you know, that's. I just I grew up in that environment from a young age, yeah. Being super competitive in tennis, traveling all over the place, and mm-hmm. trying to beat everybody. So, I I still I have found that niche as I've gotten older. I still play tennis, very competitive tennis still. Yeah. But I found that niche. My real passion is is fishing, and mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. And tournaments give me that part of that competition. Yeah. Um. But otherwise, you know, I love, I love sharing with people what I do too, mm-hmm. and helping people. I want people to be able to do, not necessarily just what I do, but you know what these guys do, um, yeah. and feel like they can do it, and people can do it, and that's why I like to share so much stuff, mm-hmm. um, and do these videos and and help you know with the kid events and just that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's that's my that's my fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. I, I feel you on all that. So uh, one thing that you kind of talked about is, you know, it's it's like kind of getting the band back together, getting back with uh, your friends, not just the guys that you travel with. But uh, I learned firsthand from you know, pre-fishing with you guys and, and, and seeing that, you know, truly you know, most of these people, everyone I'll say is all out to help each other. And then when it's game day, it's a different story. Competition's on. But I mean, it, yep. you see these guys are waving to each other. If there's issues, everyone helps each other out. It, it's pretty amazing, and, and the competition brings people together. 
and it brings uh, the best and worst out of everyone. But I'm telling you, like it's it's really cool to see everyone kind of come together and and uh, and truly be professionals out out on the water and off the water. Yeah, I mean, we'd all help each other to get, you know, to make sure you're, you know, if you're having problems, we're going to do everything we possibly can to get you on the water for the tournament. Yeah. But on tournament day, we're, we're going to try everything we can to beat you. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, and I learned that right away in my first year of fishing. You know, I had some issues with, I was using, you know, an older boat. I didn't have a brand new boat to start out with <laughs> when I jumped in. And I had some major issues. You know, I lost a lower unit. And I had tons of help from people that I didn't even really know, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were helping me get this lower unit put on so I could get in the tournament. Yeah. And then, you know, I had my boat stolen in in, in the second tournament out in Green Bay. A 621 Ranger stolen. I had Tommy Scarless called me. Like, Tommy Scarless called me and asked me if I needed anything. Rods, tackle, whatever. Yeah. So wow. I could fish that tournament, you know. I didn't need to do that. I mean, I had guys, do you know, borrow me some stuff and, you know, bring a boat up and everything. But yeah. You know, everybody is willing, you know, to help. We we would all help. I mean, it's such a good group of guys that do this. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of that National Professional, you know, Angler Associate. I mean, everybody is professional. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to say uh, names, but uh, I was... <laughs> I was towing your particular rig when you had to run to a meeting in, in the summer and uh, I have a beard and uh, kind of dark hair too. <laughs> and they waved to me and they thought, I'm pretty sure they thought I was Robert Cardenas, but I definitely wasn't. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my with, double <laughs> with that said, I mean, people are, are super friendly and, and um, I can't say enough about how helpful and I mean, even, even just uh, chit chatting at the gas stations and stuff. It, it was kind yeah. of like a, a a shock for me to see the people I, I follow watching the, the tournament stuff. And, you know, I'm more of a local regional guy, but it, it, it's just a cool experience. And, you know, speaking about boats, I think you made a big move here. So I wanted to learn a little bit about what is going on with uh, your move over to Nitro. What excites you most about jumping into a Nitro? Um, Yeah, it was a very big, you know, it was a business decision that I made and, you know, Drake made too. Um, I'm I'm super excited, you know. I ran Suzuki Motors last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved the motor. Um, and as everybody knows, nitro boats come with mercuries on them. Yeah. So, you know, there were some hoops and stuff that we had to go through. Um, but we're able to run our Suzuki Motors on that boat this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm super pumped up for that and just to see what they can do on that boat um and then just you know running a new boat just you know getting to know all the new people and you know it's just a it's exciting i mean i'm just i'm you know i was very anxious about it because i've been with one boat manufacturer pretty much my whole career yeah and uh but it's it's like a new a new beginning and i'm excited for it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah um my boat's you know currently getting rigged up at woodland uh marine mm-hmm. up in devil's lake right now i think i'm just waiting for my power pole uh to be shipped up there cool and then i'm gonna pick it up and and start making videos <laughs> yeah yeah so if i'm not mistaken uh, your boat and drake's boat are the first nitros with suzuki's powering them right 
they are the first bullets. That yep, is so you're cool. correct. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I I would say that Suzuki doesn't have as much of a presence here in Michigan. Um, and you know, it's no secret. I've, I've been in your boats and um, that I, I couldn't believe how quiet those things were and, and uh, how quick they got your, your old boat out of the hole. I mean, I, I was impressed. Whole shot. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 The whole shot is a big difference um, for me too. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you put the throttle down and you're up. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I think something has to do with the, you know, it's a dual prop mm-hmm. uh, motor also. And you know, the one I'm running this year, I ran the 350 last year. Yeah. Um, and I'm running the 300 cause I'm, I went to the ZV 20 instead of the ZV 21 mm-hmm. ZV 20 is a brand new boat. You know, Chase had the prototype that he ran all last year. That boat Chase was fast. Parsons. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he absolutely loved it. Great boat. And they mm-hmm. made, you know, some improvements on it. So I we chose to run the ZV-20s. Mm-hmm. And um, biggest motor you can put on is a 300. And that Suzuki is – They Suzuki came out with a brand-new motor also, the 300 with the dual prop. I was just going to so, ask if it was dual prop. Yeah. So we're running that boat. I think there's – eight of them in the country okay. and uh, drake and i got two of them so <laughs> that is so cool yeah on the black ones anyways yeah for the folks that listen to the podcast if you haven't seen some of those suzuki four strokes um that dual prop is crazy it's it's not like uh anything i've ever seen and uh if you're just curious you know go look take a look at one of those things it it, it, it looks like a mad angry blender but man that gets you out of the hole <laughs> quick I, I haven't been in a boat that gets you out especially a big multi-species fiberglass boat that gets you on plane that quick it's ridiculous yeah it throws you into the back of your seat yeah and it's like the torpedo technology is to keep that boat going straight so it doesn't list to one side or the other and you know how a mm-hmm. lot of boats will turn because of the torque of the motor or the prop mm-hmm. so you, you know you kind of lean one way well this you know it's made like a torpedo you know what you know jetted torpedoes to keep it straight so Crazy. yeah it's it's pretty cool deal yeah, I'm super excited. I ain't super excited to get that thing on the water. Yeah. So based on your initial assessment, I know you haven't taken delivery of the boat yet, but what do you think it'll do for top end? I think it's going to be, uh, honestly, I think it'd be mid sixties. Nice. <laughs> I, I think it's going to, yeah, it's going to be fast. <laughs> yeah. So um, honestly be fast. Yeah. It's going to be fast. Yeah, the I'm not familiar with the ZV20. Like, like you'd mentioned, that's kind of a newer model. But uh, does that particular boat have trim tabs or anything like that? Yes, trim tabs. Nice. Um, one thing I did notice when I got in it that I really like is it's got padded carpet. Okay. So you know how you know us guys are standing in the boat like all day long. You know, lots of hours, especially pre-fishing, it can be grueling. Yeah. You know, as I'm getting older, it's hard on your back and just everything. Mm-hmm. And when I when I first stepped into it, you know, I was kind of like, "Oh my gosh, this is going to be nice. <laughs> this is going to be really nice." Mm-hmm. Standing on padded carpet. Yeah. But yeah, the the ZV has got you know a lot of cool, you know, new technology in it too. Everything's you know push button. Um, it's all digital. There's a digital graph for everything you use. Um, trim tabs. Um, yeah, it's, it's loaded. Yeah. It's got, it's got every, all the bells and whistles. Yep. So what made you go with the ZV 20 versus the 21? Um, just because it was a brand new boat and, you know, I'm, I'm switching to it. So this is the first year it's out. Yeah. And, you know, I, obviously, you know, I, 
doing, you know, talked to a lot of people. I talked to Chase quite a bit mm-hmm. and, you know, he ran the prototype of it last year. Yeah. Um, and they, and they made some changes to the cap of the ZV 20 compared to the ZV 21, um, that I really liked, you know, like the storage boxes is a little bit bigger to okay. get, you know, 3,700 Plano boxes in, Yeah. um, you know, and, and just, you know, obviously technology, everything is upped to rig that boat. It's super easy. You don't have to get underneath the council. Mm-hmm. Everything's on the back side of the council. So, I mean, to get at all your wires and everything, it's just right there. The fuse panels right there. Yeah. Um, just things are just really thought out, you know, because, you know, obviously it's been designed by wallet or, you know, anglers Yeah. Um, on how everything would be used. And it's just, it's made really, you know, really simple to help, you know, us fishermen. Yeah. Simple. Helps. Made Basically made the way you'd want it. Cool. Tell us a little bit of electronics. What kind of electronics are you running for 2020? Um, I'm running Garmin's. Yep. So I'll have the Garmin's on there and then, uh, I'll be running a live scope also. And, um, Drake and I are, are designing something for the live scope to be more portable oh, okay. in the boat. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a new thing. Uh, Drake and I have started another company called Fin Gear, so oh, that's nice. kind of new. Um, we'll be coming out with that. Out hopefully, you know, what's happened to our economy right now is not good. Yeah, um, no but doubt. But we're going to be doing multiple different uh, things for you know fishing. Yeah, um, with products. Gotcha. So you know, we're gonna we're gonna kind of have everything we're going to, we're trying to do all different kinds of things, but we're going to have, you know, rod holders. We're going to have graph mounts. We're going to have track. We're going to have, we, I mean, we got it all coming. So sweet. Um, I mean, and it's all going to be from here. So yeah. Made but in you USA. know, with everything that's going on, it's kind of slowed down a little bit, Yeah, but we're hoping to launch it here and, you know, a few weeks or so. Well, that that's exciting. Yeah. So I've heard um, a little bit of chat about uh, potentially some of that stuff coming down the line. Uh, it's exciting to see that you know it's it's coming closer to fruition. Um, yeah, a lot of work. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I mean, just I'm just imagining all the stuff you need to do to tool up, um, engineering support, uh, getting raw materials, and and then uh, most importantly, kind of getting the feedback and knowing what you want to put out to the anglers that are your customer so really cool about that so that's called fin gear correct fin gear yep fin gear deck it'll be fin com as soon as we put the website out okay but, um yeah it's 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 super exciting um you know and you know we've been in the industry both of us you know drake's been in the industry a long time too yeah and we just we kind of know what we wanted and what we you know what we want to make so mm-hmm. you know i think we'll constantly put out you know, new things, you know, as we go here, but we're trying to get our base down first and then just keep growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyone that's, uh, dialed into manufacturing, uh, not just in the U S but across the, the world really is, um, uh, 3d printing is definitely something pretty yep. big. Um, I don't know if you're able to leverage that technology and, and some of the efficiencies there, but, uh, uh also, uh, I'm yeah, we got the 3D printer too, <laughs> and then the rod lockers. We're making the rod lockers also, so that's part of it. That's yeah, part of fin gear also. So and the, and those are doing great. A lot of you know, you're going to see a lot of new rod lockers on on guys' uh, rigs this year. So mm-hmm. that's 
very cool. We're very appreciative of that. And you can order those now. Sweet. Um, you just get a hold of Drake or I, and um, those are out. I want to be the first guy in Michigan to have one. Unless someone beat <laughs> yes. me. Yes, well, we got to get that done. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll wait for the Corona cash checks to come in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, it's just honestly, it's so much easier than a rod tube. I, you know, I used to have rod tubes, and yeah. And my biggest thing was is that I couldn't put rods in there with reels, and it was just a pain in the butt every yeah. time I traveled because I had to put go through all that work and put my reels back on, and you know, the line and all that. And, mm-hmm. and this just makes it so much simpler because you can just put the rods up there, and you can get fifty rods up there with reels. And, you know, especially traveling to tournaments and stuff, you, as you take rods out of your boat, you can just put them up there. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a, it's just a, instead of hauling them into the, where you're staying, <laughs> you know, it yeah. just makes everything so much easier. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, but um, I've seen them on, on your rig and also Drake's. And I, I mean, not only are they big enough where certain people could probably lay down in them, but even if you're not fishing, <laughs> if you're going on a camping trip, all that extra real estate to store stuff is, uh, definitely a good consideration i mean when i yeah. look at it, i'm looking at my shops I'm like man i can do my travel trailer stuff have more room to store stuff and if i'm fishing local tournaments or going anywhere all that real estate to store complete stuff it's uh money it's awesome yeah guys are putting extra trolling motors up in them and <laughs> you know and now we're seeing you know as the winter around here people use them for skis so <laughs> we might have to come up with a ski locker you know <laughs> So, yeah. So, or, you know, we've even thought, you know, people can put them up for guns, you know, people that are driving out into the fields. Yeah. Um, and they want, you know, a nice spot for their gun. They can put them up in there and, you know, eat little slots. So, yeah, it's it's going to grow. We got a lot of ideas and yeah, um, we're excited. Yeah. And um, they are lockable. And if I'm not mistaken, if I remember yep. from the summer, they have um, hydraulic shock pistons to hold open that lid too, right? Correct. Correct. Yep. Very they nice. go up, so you just stand on your tailgate or, you know, whatever. Stand on the back, and you can just get right up in there. Yep. So folks that are kind of curious about the construction, maybe you've seen them on the Internet, um, tell us a little bit about what they're made of. If I'm not mistaken, it's um, aluminum alloy. Yep, it's all aluminum. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're correct on that. And we have a Facebook page, too, Rod Locker. You can look that up, and it's, and it's R-O-D-L-O-C-K-R. So that's how it's spelled. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so it's it's on our Facebook page. They're all aluminum, mm-hmm. um, twelve inches high in the back, six inches up in the front. It angles up to the front, so it's you know it's kind of aerodynamic. So it's not you know grabbing. You can drive down the road. You can go seventy miles an hour. You know, you, you know you can go eighty, but don't go eighty and get in trouble. Right. Um, but you, you just don't, you don't feel it, so yeah. it's you know it's it's awesome. Yeah, so it's not like it's, a big, it's light. It's not like a big I mean, coffin on top of your truck, right? Right, exactly. Mm. But they're solid. Yeah, very solid. Very nice. Yeah, folks might want to check that out too. Um, another thing I want to chat about is uh, if anyone knows who you are, they know that you're passionate about sharing the fishing lifestyle through media. And uh, tell us about the role of sharing your story in your experiences through video. Yeah, and that's absolutely, um, I, I've fallen, I absolutely love cameras <laughs> and video yeah. and pictures. You know, I've, um, as I've gone here, obviously I've gotten more and more, uh, as I call it, tackle, but it, it's, you know, cameras. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
you know, sharing like what I do and Drake and I have, um, a lot of things we're going to accomplish. I mean, we have our goals for this year is to just shoot a lot of content and, you know, especially if, you know, these tournaments, as they get canceled, we're just going to be shooting content, Mm -hmm. um, and trying to share with everybody what we do and lots of tips and tricks, you know, you know, kind of things that we do, um, just to get it out there. And then wherever we go, you know, we just, I like to film it and share with people. Um, you know, it's just, it's stuff that I like to watch. Um, and I like to make it too. (laughs) Yeah. So it's, it's content. Include everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the whole tournament thing kind of up in the air definitely poses some questions. But the cool thing about what you guys are doing is um, you're not necessarily bound by the tournaments. If they do fall through, you can travel and, and get some great stuff out there. And uh, the fav- yep. my favorite thing about the stuff that you guys do is, is really you're, you're telling a story and you're inviting people into that and getting them to experience what it's like you know, being on the road, traveling, fishing, and doing life with people that you, you know, that you get along with, which is super cool. Yeah. It's just different. It's real. You know, it's not, um, it's not, a you know, it's not a show basically. It's, it's just real. Mm-hmm. It's what, what's really happening. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that can be a little crazy, but you know, it's, <laughs> you know, you're just seeing the real thing. Yeah. Um, just everything we kind of go through. And, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun doing it. It's, you know, it adds a lot of work, but it's, it's fun work. And mm. I guess if you're doing something fun, it's, it's not really like work. Yeah. Um, but there is some late nights <laughs> downloading footage or, you know, editing you know, stuff that, you, you know, you'd rather be doing, but you got to get this. You got to stay organized and, and routine is big for footage stuff, you know, mm. just downloading it, keeping it organized so you can use it later. Otherwise you can get all this footage, but you just, you won't be able to use it because you don't know where it is or, when it happened or, you know, so there's a lot that goes into it. Everybody wants to do video. And I learned that real quick. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. If you really want to do it, you can do it and you'll do it, but you can't have to do it. Yeah. Um, cause whatever you come out with is how you're going to be recognized mm-hmm. with your video. So if you're going to do it, just do it, just go all in and do it. Yeah. So, product- but I truly believe everybody should have a, you know, a GoPro or anybody that's getting into this industry should have some kind of, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive stuff. You can, you know, get a GoPro and just start learning, getting in front of the, you know, it's hard for people to get in front of a camera and talk. Mm-hmm. It's just different. And, you know, it's different. Um, but get used to it because if you're going to do this, you're going to, I mean, you're going to need this. I mean, I think it's the future of the sport. So, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of led into a question I was going to ask, and and for the guy that's that wants to do maybe some self filming or, or get some content to help people uh, learn about what they're doing maybe differently for fishing, what's a great starter setup for guys? I honestly think you know save your money, get a GoPro, mm-hmm. um, or you know any kind of you know action camera. Um, you know, I the Verb is good from Garmin, also GoPro. Um, and then get, you know, audio is very important. You can have video, but if you don't have audio, it's terrible. If your audio audio is terrible, it's terrible. Yeah. You can't watch it. If you hear that wind noise or, 
don't know how many videos you watch and you, you can hardly hear the guy talking over the Trust window. You don't, you'll skip over it. You'll go to the next video. Um, you can get very cheap audio cords that plug in, you know, you know, just go on Amazon and find an audio uh, uh, mic that mm-hmm. connects to a GoPro. And, you know, there's, there's someone for, you know, 10 bucks out there. Yeah. Um, and then an SD card and just practice, you know, sh- shooting video. Um, you can get a chesty that goes in your chest mm-hmm. or you can get something that attaches to your windshield or, you know, something that clamps on somewhere on your boat, um, that you can talk into, but, you know, using the chesty and something that clamps onto your boat at, you know, somewhere, um, makes great footage. And with these, you know, new sports cameras, you know, they're not shaky. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, even, you know, if you're out in the boat and it's going up and down from the waves, it helps, you know, when you're doing your video, because, I don't know. It's the worst thing is watching a video that you feel like you're getting seasick in. You just you can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and the, these new cameras, these sport action cameras take that right out. Yeah. Um, the stabilization is just so good in them. Um, but a GoPro or the Verb are, you know, great things to get started and just practice getting in front of that camera. Do, do tips for yourself, you know, just get in front of the camera and talk to the camera and do tips and then, you know, make your tips and the more you do it, it's so funny because you'll look back when you first started doing them and then, you know, two, even one year later, you look back at the first ones you made and you're like, oh my gosh, you know, compared to the, you yeah. know, what you're doing now, you're yeah. just going to grow with it. These high school kids should be saving their money for cameras. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, man, that, that's the truth. I mean, yeah, when you first get started and putting content out there, whether it's, um, you know, digital media through video, uh, podcasts, um, pictures, you, you look back and, and you kind of see how you grow and progress in, in terms of what you put out there to help people and, and help yourself, really. And uh, it's the truth. You look back and, and you see how much you change and it's a journey. And that's the cool thing about fishing. It's always a journey. Um, you yeah. know, so for, for like... Uh, audio mics for action cameras and stuff. I, I'm pretty sure you're a big fan of uh, wireless stuff. Um, yeah. How do you personally mitigate wind sounds when trying to get quality video and audio? So wind, you, you really have to pay attention to the wind. You know, I have a little, I have like a little uh, rabbit tail that goes over my mic mm-hmm. um, and that helps take the wind out. But consciously you got to think about the sun and the wind all the time. Yeah. So, like, where the sun is, you want the sun to be shining on your face. You always want to be looking at the sun, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the wind, you want to try to protect your mic from the wind. So, you know, even, you know, if you have the rabbit tail, it's not as big of a deal. But consciously, you're always thinking about, well, I should stand this way so the mic's not in the wind at all. Yeah. So then you know you're when you look at your footage, you're going to have good audio. Um, so that, that's kind of one of the things, yeah, I do use wireless mics, but you know, a beginner is not going to get a wireless mic. Right. Well, unless you have a lot of money I mean, they, they're, you know, anywhere from 800 bucks to 1500 bucks for a wireless. (laughs) Yep. So, but I mean, obviously they are nice. Um, and it helps because you know, you're, you're not attached to anything, Mm -hmm. but these, these mics that plug into the gopros now that are just very little and they're just they basically sitting on your chest or um um 
sitting on the on the GoPro. Yeah. You know, there's some road mics that that are really good and they pick up great audio. You just got to make sure you have that like uh, fox tail or rabbit, you know, tail on them mm-hmm. for the wind. Yeah, makes total sense to me. Yeah, so But audio audio is super important. Yeah. Uh, free tips not only do we talk fishing but you got a little bit of stuff about how to better <laughs> step up video and audio game from a guy who's been doing it for a minute on on tv shows and social media so well we appreciate that um hey i i know you're a you're you fish in a lot of pretty rough conditions um not only in your home state but you know fishing tournaments because you can't always pick the weather and uh, i know you're an afco guy and uh, with that said, you're fishing in rough water and stuff. Tell us about your favorite system for preventing, you know, getting soaking wet, chilled to the bone by the wind. What's, what's <laughs> yeah. your go-to? And my go-to is the Hydronaut suit. Um, I absolutely love that rain suit. And I, you know, I used it all last year. I put it through basically everything you possibly could put it through. Mm-hmm. It's an AFCO suit. Um, but what I really like about it, I mean, I've wore... I mean, I've pretty much tried every rain suit in the book. Yeah. Um, and you, and it's really high, hard to find a rain suit that is super comfortable and one that you can move around in and don't feel like you're being, you know, constricted in any way. And this suit is that. I mean, basically, it's, it's so free. I feel like I'm just really comfortable in it. I yeah. feel like when I have it zipped all the way up around my chin, and I turn my head, I can see to the left and I can see to the right. I'm not like turning my head and I'm looking into a, you know, a, a, a hood or, you know, the, the thing's so big around my chin, I can't see, you know, mm-hmm. it's just multiple things. And it's, this suit is so, you know, thought out that I just, I absolutely love it. And I, and you stay dry. You don't get water going through the seams in your crotch or, you know, your back or, you know, the, the bibs come up over your shoulders and, you know, and it actually can be, you know, it's a great suit in the spring and the fall too. It's very comfortable. You know, it'll keep you warm. Mm-hmm. You can put layers underneath it and you're still really comfortable. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it was, it, it was, it was uh, really good to use that suit this year and all their, all their clothing too. the sun, the sun stuff, the gloves, you know, I'm I'm in the health field, and my wife's in the health field, and she's always screaming at me because I'm in the sun all day. Yeah. And you know, pre-fishing these tournaments, and you know, you just can't get out of the sun. And um, so, you know, I've started to completely cover up with the, you know, the they have this this shirt called the Ninja, where it actually the buff is actually built right in. It pulls up over your face, and the hood goes over your head, and you can put your hat on top of it, so it's covering your ears. You're covering your nose. It's all there, so you don't have to have all the pieces, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it just makes it simple. And then their, you know, their gloves are very comfortable. I wore those last year, and that was the first time. And I just got used to them. And I literally go out there and I have my gloves on. Doesn't matter when it is. I'm looking for my gloves to put on. It's just an automatic thing now. Yeah. Um, so you know, just all their stuff is really comfortable. Their their shorts are really cool because if you get blood on them, it wipes right off. <laughs> <laughs> how, how many? things can you do that to not a whole lot <laughs> literally it beads up on there and you just wipe it right off it's just it's crazy stuff yeah yeah so and comfortable it, it's um it's no For se- bigger guys even too you know i'm a bigger guy yeah and then the clothes are comfortable it's no secret that uh, i'm with afco as well um and i'm a big guy where the 2xl stuff it's super good 
And uh, I think one thing I showed you with those those sun gloves, I mean, I think uh, it was that salmon on Lake Superior you caught. Um, that got yeah. soaked with blood. You look at a salmon the wrong way when you land them, they start bleeding, and you just oh, squeezed yeah. your hand. <laughs> came right off the glove. Yep. It was, it was crazy. Yeah. And I think we were out to eat one night, and uh, Drake had the shorts on, and he spilled ketchup all <laughs> over his shorts. I'm like, oh, you know, we're all laughing. Mm-hmm. And literally he took a napkin and wiped it right off. I mean, it didn't soak in at all. Yeah. Like, what, what is in this? So, yeah, that's that's kind of that's pretty cool. You don't wreck your stuff either. You can reuse it. Yep. Truly fits the fishing lifestyle. And uh, if I'm not mistaken right now, a lot of that outerwear stuff like that Hydronaut suit and uh, some of the other coats and, and uh, hoodies, they're all like 20% off on the website. So Yeah, they're having a sale right now, so it's a pretty, pretty good deal. Yep. So good stuff. I've run that for about two years, and I'm super impressed. And, yeah, good to hear your thoughts yeah. on as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. I, yeah really happy good stuff so hey uh another thing i want to ask you about is um you know i i know you you like to cast you like to bottom bounce and uh one thing that i noticed that you do different out west compared to what we do with bottom bouncing is a lot of times we'll have multiple rods and rod holders and troll bottom bouncers and one thing i know you love to do is to troll rod in hand with a with a uh, bait caster with a flip and switch. So tell us a little bit about the benefits of running a handheld bottom bouncing setup. Yeah. What's really cool about that is, you know, I learned that cause I'm, I'm a river guy. And, or, I mean, that's how I started fishing was growing up on the river and you know, the river, you know, the contours, you know, you're just constantly going up and down and, and I ran a lot of three, three way rigs and bottom bouncers. And the nice thing about it is you can run in, on our river, you know, between Wisconsin and Minnesota, we can run two rods. Um, so I learned to run two rods in the front of my boat. Um, and you can let line with a flipping switch as you push the button down on the bait caster, it lets line out. So you don't have to let go, you know, to turn the, the handle to lock it back in. It just automatically clicks down and clicks back up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you want to real line up, you just move your thumb up to the the spool and you just wind it up with your thumb. So it brings it back up. Yeah. Um, and so, so it makes it so nice when you're, you know, on contours, you can just constantly find the bottom and come back up, go back down, go back up, come back down. So you're staying right in that strike zone all the time. Um, you're not, you know, pushing the button, you know, turning the handle, you know, and you can do it with two rods. You can do it with one rod too, mm-hmm. um, you know, off the side of your boat. You know, it just makes it real easy. So you're always in that strike zone all the time. Yeah. And the flipping switch allows you to be able to do that. The loose, the loose, you know, and the loose rod or the loose reel and the loose rod. We just designed a loose rod. Um, four of us: Jason Shakir, Tommy Kimos, Drake, um, and I um, uh, came out with the speed stick for loose. Mm-hmm. And specifically made just for the presentation. Um, and then they have, you know, they have the lose uh, uh, flip and switch reel for that also. Yeah. So it's it's a gorgeous setup and it's exactly how we want it, you know, the rods. So. Yeah. And it's it's uh, priced really good. I believe it's $79.99. Nice. I don't know. You can't go wrong with that no. for that kind of setup. So 
Very cool. Don't call me on that, but I'm pretty sure it's 80 bucks or seventy nine ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so um, tell us about that reel. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it's a Super Duty, right? Super Duty, yep. Okay. Yeah, Super Duty, super smooth. Um, I No issues with it. You know, they get banged around a lot because I have them out my boat. I use that technique a lot. Yeah. Um, and so they can take, you know, well, they're called Super Duty for a reason. Um, 11 bearings, I believe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a smooth, smooth reel hmm. and the, and the, and the switch is really nice on it too. Cause it's kind of, you, you know, you kind of got to push it. It's not loose. It's, it's tight. Yeah. So it's just made really good. Good stuff. Yeah. After seeing the benefits of how you guys run bottom bouncing, uh, compared to how we would do it in, in a river situation, um, down in Southeast Michigan, I definitely see the merits of staying on those contours the whole time versus just kind of dragging a, a three ounce bottom bouncer out back. And I'm looking forward to doing more of the dual wheeled or single handheld deal with that. And, uh, super cool setup. Um, so what else is new with losing striking? Um, <laughs> We uh, we came out with a, a series called the Speed Stick for walleye rods. Mm-hmm. So pretty much in every, you know, we have jigging rods, we have casting rods. Um, what I'm super excited about is we uh, help design trolling rods. Um, Sweet. So we yeah, so there's new trolling rods. Uh, price point pointed really good, you know, obviously with trolling rods. Yeah. Um, lead core rods. Um, and they are, and, uh, the trolling rods are also telescopic, so you can, uh, they'll fit in everybody's, you know, rod storage areas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty much it's a whole new walleye series. So, you know, Luz is coming up here strong and we're super excited about that, uh, that they're, uh, going after the walleye world and, and we're excited to help. Nice. And, you know, striking, you know, obviously, you know, the raid swimmer was huge last year. Um, they, uh, we were using a 4.75 for trolling, you know, that all kind of came out last year mm-hmm. on how we've been trolling these plastic baits, these swim baits. And, uh, you know, we wanted a bigger one. So, uh, they came out with a 5.75. So we're super excited about that. Yeah. Um, there's also some jigs uh, uh, that are coming out also, some crater jigs. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be kind of cool. There's stand-up jigs, a uh, bunch of different jigs um, they're working on right now, and, they, and we're going to come out with a few of those. So there's a lot of new things coming um, that I'm excited about uh, that I'll be able to tell you guys about, you know, in the near future here. So Awesome. Yeah, it's exciting working with those guys. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah, um, group of guys and and Lou's and striking are very very into it too. Yeah, I think it's cool that they're asking for your guys' feedback and and you're able to incorporate your ideas and into stuff that um, everyday anglers are going to use. Yeah, and we can and we're helping design all the stuff, which is it's really cool being hands on with these guys. Yeah. You know, it's something, you know, you always think about in your career to do and, you know, you're actually getting to do it. That's pretty cool. Mm. Absolutely. So one last question I want to ask you, what is your favorite Renegade Outdoor Innovations bait? Yours and then I'll share mine. 
It's oh my gosh. I know it's gonna be a tough one. Oh man. I don't know, probably the spot tail shiner and the raid swimmer. I shouldn't even say that, but that that is my uh my that's my go to. I really love that sucker. <laughs> gotcha. I use that pattern on flicker minnows and it's been pretty darn good for me in my corner of the world. Um spot tail oh. shiner on anything is so good. <laughs> yep. Yep, yep. And then uh yeah, I'll I'll show my hand for my favorite uh, bait that Renegade makes, and, and that would be anything in that, uh, uh, I think striking makes the Swim and Shiner. Uh, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong. And then the, I think Kitech yep. makes a similar profile bait, but anything in that small Shiner paddle tail, since we're in the spring, let's talk spring, uh, Detroit River, that is my ace in the hole when the bite is finicky and I'm going for bigger fish. Uh, very subtle t- tail thump, but... Um, Basically, that profile with either perch or chaos has been uh, crazy good for me. Chaos is very yeah, I like chaos too. I like them all. <laughs> and you know what's really cool? He's he's uh, they're coming out with some new colors here too. Huh? I saw so that teased on social media. Yeah. So there's going to be some new colors coming out. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I don't think enough people. Um, I, I mean, th- there's some local uh, custom painters for plastic, but nothing with like photo realistic detail like that perch and it's yeah and you and you see these new things coming out you're gonna be pretty amazed can't wait <laughs> can't wait yeah well, last weekend i stuck a six and a half pounder on that uh swimming oh, shiner <laughs> with a perch and i don't know hopefully you guys aren't iced over in minnesota but we're uh we're stroking the walleyes on the detroit river and, and uh, anywhere in southeast michigan so Hopefully yeah, the to... ice just went out on our local lake. I know just like up by Drake and Alexandria and stuff, the ice is still there. Sorry. Um, so it's just, I mean, literally, it's just going out now. Okay. Although it's getting colder here again now, so I don't know if it's going to help that. But, yeah, you know, the ice is actually out very early for us this year. So. Oh, this is early? Yeah, this is early for us. Okay. Oh. <laughs> which is good, which is nice. Although with everything that's going on, it's... You know, it's harder, but hearing guys like you catching six pounders and (laughs) sorry, you want to be out there, but you know, you can't go out there. (laughs) Yeah. But we'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. Things things are going to get better. Absolutely. We're we're all going to be good. And I think everybody's going to be stronger from this. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And one thing I I can definitely see the, uh, not only is uh, connecting with like FaceTime and Zoom been a huge piece with people keeping their sanity, but it's also been huge in the fishing world, just kind of doing like virtual tournaments and and, uh, live stuff where you can social distance, but you can still connect with anglers and and, uh, have more people kind of see what's going on in the water. I know a lot of my friends locally have been doing Facebook Live and stuff and even some bigger tournaments, but uh it's cool stuff yeah yeah we just actually did that with mike from fish addictions yeah i saw that um we did a a zoom call with matt stephens drake and i and mike and it was it went really well um i think we were on there for i don't know hour hour and a half Mm -hmm. Um, just constant questions so yeah it's actually you know it's really good people are in tuned and people are you know just looking for something to do really right now people yeah. <laughs> it's like you can't read the internet you can't, it's just everything you know you just you got to have something an outlet yeah and, and it just helps if we can't so, yeah fish, i we appreciate can talk about anybody it. doing that kind of stuff i i'm tuned into it i i follow the media obviously you know everybody 
definitely know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I encourage it. <laughs> definitely. Well, it's uh, been a pleasure having you on the podcast, and and uh, no matter how the season goes in terms of uh, events being canceled or rescheduled, I know no matter what, you guys are going to have a ton of fun and uh, be able to capture those memories and share it with the rest of the world, which is super cool. So I just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your evening to come talk on the podcast, uh, talk a little bit about uh, the things you're excited about, the new changes for uh, the tournament game for you, and uh, it's been a pleasure, Robert. Yeah, thanks, Rob. I appreciate it. And I can guarantee you um, everybody's going to have a great 2020. Absolutely. We'll, we'll all get through this. We're gonna, we're gonna, it's going to be a fun year. Yeah, stay positive. Keep a sense of humor, right? Yep, exactly. Be positive and move forward. Just keep going. <laughs>